1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Coffee Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at Hemisphere Or Odyssey. Our number is 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. I would love to get your perspective today about how you felt watching the president speak last night. What stood out to you? Or if you didn't watch it, which I didn't watch it live because I knew it was going to be a lecture. I told you we we'll finger-wagging and you will be put in your place, young man. No more embracing anything that I don't advocate as president of your country. Basically, that's it. If you don't agree with Joe Biden, if you don't agree with his policies, if you don't don't agree with or at least can't shut up about the offshoot of his policies, the result of his policies, the the things his policies have wrought, if you dare to speak up about them, well, then you're an extremist. You're a fascist. You're an enemy, okay? (laughs) It is an interesting way To portray yourself as being a uniter. Because you do remember, do you not? That when Joe Biden was elected, he claimed that he was going to unite our country. That was his goal. This is Joe Biden. On 11-7-21, the night that he was (laughs) elected president. This is what he said. I pledge to be a
0: president who seeks not to divide... But Unify, who doesn't see red states and blue states, mm. only sees the United
1: States. That's interesting. Last night he was bathed in red. Is that an outreach to red states? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because this is uh, where Joe Biden thinks the problem lies.
0: The Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the
1: people. We don't believe in the Constitution. Republicans don't believe in the Constitution. Are we not the ones who wondered about the constitutionality of the rent moratorium? Are we the ones who wondered about the constitutionality of vaccine mandates and mask mandates? Are we the ones always talking about, you can't do that, it's against the Constitution? Like, forgiving student loans? <laughs> like, are, isn't that? I think that's us. I, I mean, that's that's who I believe I'm aligned with politically, the people who prize the Constitution every time we have a Supreme Court opening. I want us to find a constitutionalist. I don't want us to find somebody who thinks... That they know more because, well, now we're so much smarter than John Adams and John Hancock and Benjamin Franklin and all the other founders. I I don't mean this to be unkind, but I don't believe that Sonia Sotomayor and Ketanji Brown-Jackson are the... uh, academic superiors to the men who wrote our Constitution. I I know, I, know. They're they're women, and they're progressive women, so I should probably bend to everything they say because not to do so is to be uh, an enemy of democracy. And speaking of uh, being an enemy of uh, democracy, um, what's the big issue that the Democrats are hoping will energize their voting base in the midterms? Abortion, right? The overthrow, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, which... You know, angered them because the right to an abortion they say is in the Constitution, except that it's not. The word the word abortion is never mentioned in the Constitution, so it's kind of hard for the right to an abortion to be in the Constitution if the word abortion is not in the Constitution, because an abortion was unthinkable to the men who wrote our Constitution. But let's just say there's some uh, penumbrance that allows for abortion to fall under the terms of the Constitution? Wouldn't those of us who are happy about the overthrow of Roe v. Wade, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which hands the decision on abortion back to the states, which is to say back to the voters in the states, to vote on what abortion policies will be in the states wouldn't that be a demonstration of siding with democracy as opposed to the democratic position which is that nine unelected supreme court justices should be able to dictate how every state will behave when it comes to abortion and gay marriage I might add I think I think we on the red side of the aisle, the right side of the aisle, are in fact on the side of democracy when it comes to abortion. We would be on the side of democracy when it comes to student loan forgiveness, because had that gone through Congress and been enacted into law, as regrettable a law as it would have been, it would still be a properly enacted law according to the terms of the what? That's right, Constitution. But Joe Biden wants to sign a piece of paper, student loan forgiven. Joe Biden wants to sign a piece of paper, and all of a sudden boys can play girls' sports. Sign a piece of paper and girls can stay in uh, boys can stay in girls' dormitories, even on campuses of Christian colleges where they have an authentic faith objection to the immorality of that position. Did all did any or all or Those policies go before the Congress of the United States and be, were they voted into law by the people in Congress? No, they were not. They were signed into law by, how many people were in on that decision? How many people's authority were exercised in those particular issues that I just mentioned? Oh, that would be one person's authority. The president of the United States authority. Executive authority. Via executive order. Which I'd like a little constitutional debate on that. I'd like a constitutional debate on the legality of executive orders. I'd be for ridding our country of executive orders for all time. But no, instead we have Joe Biden standing in front of Independence Hall, bathed in red with two Marines standing behind him, American flags hanging there. So we've got the military muscle of the country behind Joe Biden and It's not just, you know, me, extreme MAGA, uber MAGA, ultra MAGA, extremist, who thought that was weird and creepy. Even the liberal media thought so. Producer Pam, what did you think of that? Uh,
2: The red lighting, I I didn't watch much of the speech, but I did catch the very beginning. And the red lighting, I immediately thought of all of the times that you talk about Tim Ryan being a fake Republican. He's, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, what? why aren't you bathed in blue? Yeah. You're a you're a Democrat. They're usually blue colors. I don't.
1: I saw the flag behind him. I saw the military muscle behind him. I saw the red light. Honestly, this is what I thought.
0: Spartan Symbol geworden.
1: Whoa! I mean, it was Hitleresque. It was absolutely you're right, Hitleresque, it was, wasn't it? Look, the big Third Reich flag, and I mean, I don't know how that could have been, a, not have been. Uh, everybody's takeaway. So here's the national media take on this. On federal land, flanked by U.S. Marines, President Joe Biden ramps up his argument against his political opposition, warning of the perils of Trump inspired politics. That's the White House correspondent for CBS News.
2: Not Fox, Not CBS.
1: Fox. Brianna Keeler of CNN, as woke as woke can be, said, Whatever you think of this speech, the military is supposed to be apolitical. Positioning Marines in uniform behind President Biden for a political speech flies in the face of that. Ooh. It's wrong when Democrats do it. It's wrong when Republicans do it. CBS senior White House correspondent. Apparently they have more than one. Uh, Ed O'Keefe said, like or loathe what he said tonight, it should be noted the president spoke on the grounds of a national park flanked by U.S. Marines and took direct specific aim at his predecessor and members of the Republican Party. That's a thing we don't see every day. And CNN chief national affairs correspondent Jeff Zelny. There's nothing unusual or wrong with a president delivering a political speech. It's inherent in the job, but doing it against a backdrop of two Marines standing at attention and the Marine band is a break with White House traditions. let's get a little political reaction from your uh, elected representatives to Joe Biden's speech. These are the these are the extremists, of course. These are the uh, Republican uh, voices coming, uh, starting with Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, who, uh, like many of us, were struck by the uh, Hitlerian red lighting and uh, angry man double-fisted, pounding and shouting from the podium look of last night's speech.
2: I'm not sure what they were going for, either the strange and wildly inappropriate setting, the unusual weird red lighting, uh, most worrisome having Marines standing behind him in which he's engaging in political attacks on 74 million Americans who voted for Republicans in the last election. But then again, what would you expect Joe Biden to talk about? He can't run on his own record congressmen and senators can't defend the democratic record think about what he didn't say last night he didn't say anything last about his student loan bailout from last week and if you want to talk about dangers to democracy that's a perfect example of it joe biden without any legal authority is giving away hundreds of billions of dollars to his political supporters in places like colleges and universities across america while people who didn't go to school who worked hard who went to school and worked hard to pay off their loans or whose parents had saved, they're going to bear the burden of all that debt that Joe Biden has unlawfully given to political supporters across the country. That's a real threat to democracy, just like the 87,000 IRS agents that Democrats just voted to hire last month to harass hardworking families and small businesses. Those are the real threats to democracy, not what Joe Biden was lying about last night.
1: And I want to be clear that when you get exercised about Biden's speech, keep in mind this is just not the rambling of an addled, angry, ineffective president. This is the view of his voters. This is the view. We mistake it because we can't imagine having someone hate the country as much as he and his supporters hate the country, the very foundations of the country, the things that made the country great. They hate that. They hate the concept. Why are they against making America great? It's not that they think America is great. It's not that they oppose the idea of making America great again, and again is the issue because their argument would be, no, it's great now. No, they don't think it's great now. They think it's racist now. They think it's homophobic now. They think it's transphobic now. They think it's they think it's a bad country. Found it, just like I talked about with the book of the month, founded on bad principles. They don't think America is great, and they don't think America ever was great. So their problem with make America great again is not the last word. It's the middle two words. America great. They don't like that. They hate that, in fact. And it is their mainstream view you know biden's a crazy ranting fool but he speaks for a lot of them here's his press secretary listen to what she says qualifies you as an extremist as the problem in america
2: and so when you are not with where majority of americans are then you know That is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. I'm not going to. That's what I have for you, Phil.
1: So when you are not in agreement with what she says is the majority, okay, we'll give you the majority. You won the election. Fine. I'm not going to argue the nuances of the election. I, you know, the question when people ask, well, do you believe Joe Biden won the election? And my response to that is, well, I don't know if it was a free and fair election. If you're asking me, did he win a free and fair election, my answer is no, because the election was not free and fair as long as you had Pennsylvania counting votes that shouldn't have been counted, as long as you had the machinations in Wisconsin that you had, the funny business in Atlanta that you had. Now, I don't know if it was a free and fair election. Did he win the election? Sure, he won the election. Absolutely won the election. But I don't know if the election was free and fair. But she's, so so first of all, what do we know? So we know the election was really close, right? It had to be really, really close. 40,000 votes here or there, the election swings the other way. 40,000 votes in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, boom, Donald Trump's your president. That's how close the election was. So it's really close. So what does that tell you? We had a vast disparity of thought in terms of which way the country should go. Okay, so Corinne Jean-Pierre is saying, if you don't agree with the majority, maybe it's what, 52, 48, 53, 47. If you're in the 47 and you don't agree with the, 40, the 53, you're not in disagreement. We don't have a policy difference. We don't have a different vision for the country. You're extreme. If you're not with the majority, you're extreme. What have we always been about in this country? We've always been about the free and open exchange of ideas. The free and open exchange of ideas. You debate your idea. I debate my idea. Maybe you get to implement your idea. We see if it works. If it does, okay, your idea is the best idea. If it doesn't work, and I can't find a place where any of Biden's ideas are working, then you're not entitled to not have dissent. You're just not entitled to that. But that is what they deem to be extremist. Disagreement with policies that clearly don't work. Here's Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. He came across as a sad, angry, kind of bitter old man here. Kind of looked like the, the lighting and all sort of looked like Darth Vader, it seemed to me. <laughs> and understand in the past four days, he has called half the country fascist and extremist. And the country really wants the real problems out there. They want them addressed. We went from a secure border to no border. We went from safe streets to record crime. We went from stable prices to a Mm. 41-year high inflation rate. And we went from $2 gas to $5 gas all in 18 months. I think the Mm. nation would kind of like those addressed versus being called extremists and fascists and have the government now target your freedoms and liberties like we have seen from the Biden administration Justice Department. Yeah, and that's the problem, is the policies don't work. And when you're paying $5 for gas, when you're paying exorbitant prices for food, when you can't get things because they're sitting on a ship in the port of L.A., when the border is open and drug cartels invent a new way to poison America's youth every single day, now with rainbow fentanyl, we're not allowed to say, hey, We would really like for these situations to improve dramatically. This is not the country that we would like our children to grow up in. This is not the nation we would like to give to our children to inherit and steward going forward. We would like the country we grew up in to be the country that they grow up in, okay? And we don't want our kindergarten, first, second, and third graders reading books that are pornographic, and we don't want teachers thinking that they have license. To fawn off their demented, twisted sexual ideology on our little impressionable minds. If those are extremist views, then I'll raise my hand as an extremist. Okay? I want domestic oil drilling. I want American military might to keep the peace throughout the world. I don't want Iran to have a nuclear weapon. I want to support Israel. Always. I want the southern border secure. Okay? Those are a few of the things that I advocate for. If that makes me extremist, guilty. But I don't think that makes me extremist. I think it makes me sensible and a patriot. And I see what Biden and the Democrats want. They want power and more of it. And any election they lose...